people are always very shocked that I date a white girl. Hmm. They're like, she's white. I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you want her to be pink? Mm. Welcome back to Made It Out. Today, we are talking about navigating being queer in the Black community and being in an interracial relationship with Rika Charleston. She's a professional cheer choreographer, a college cheer coach, and was also Miss Black Texas in the USA pageant system, and is my best friend from middle school. And she's here. <laughs> Why have we known each other for so long? So fucking long. <laughs> so long. You know too much about me. <laughs> like a long time. Damn, girl. I remember you with the, you had bangs. Oh my god, I had a swoop bang. <laughs> Not the swoop bang. Remember when we all did the like early two thousands with the fucking uh, ramen hair in the. <laughs> The crunchy hair. Yeah, crunchy. Crunchy. Oh my God. Rika knew me in my crunchy hair swoop bang days. <laughs> if you saw me through those days, you truly loved me. Friends. Friends forever. <laughs> Friends. We grew up in Keller, Texas. I didn't really live there, but I was out of district. But I didn't there. know that. Yeah. All of these years knowing you, and I had no idea. Girl, I drove 30 minutes to school. And that's why I never went to your house. You were always at my house. You very much so, very much so, because no one can know. Yeah. I'm trying to get kicked out. But that's also because, like, I grew up in Christian school before I switched over to public school. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't have, really have to have a district at Christian school. You right. could drive an hour away, two hours away, whatever. Right? So whenever I switched from Christian to public school, you have to have an address, which I didn't have. But luckily, my mom's friend had one. So, wow. So you just put her address, and then mm-hmm. you were driving to school every day. Driving to and school. And you kept that shit on lock. You didn't tell anybody. Hell no. I think my cheer coach found out, and that was it. What was your experience growing up in Keller? Honestly, I have like taken high school and done that with it, because I just don't even think about it. But if I have to go back to it, um, I mean, it was okay. It was... I think the most memorable thing for me is we were hanging out with someone, which I won't put his family out there like that, Mm. but we were at someone's house and I remember talking to like a group of our friends back in high school and his parents sat next to me and they were like, where is she from? She has to be from Mississippi. And you know, back then I knew it felt wrong in my spirit, but it was hard given microaggression. Mm. And it was always those different types of experiences, right? Being like the black girl, the only black girl on the cheer team or being like the black girl that has to fit up to this type of stereotype in high school or and things like that. And now I'm kind of like, what What was life back then? Like, who was I? Mm-hmm. Jeez. And just to give context, there's five high schools in Keller. Yeah. But we were considered the school the with ghetto the most school. minority. Isn't that so crazy? The ghetto school. And when you go back, that shit is so white. Yeah. It was never ghetto. Like, but that's how white Keller was. Just to give some context. Right. <laughs> yeah. I hated high school and I don't even know why I hated it. Did you it know that you were like, gay? No, you didn't. I didn't. Okay. I Honestly, I didn't even like people. So like sexually. So that wasn't really even a thing for me. Like, do you remember my, the Mormon boy? Hmm. They hooked me up with the Mormon boy. 
So I dated a Mormon, which is, you know, Mormons, you're cool. Do what you do. Like, but I just thought that was interesting. You dated and I was a like, Mormon? I did. And I was like, I guess, guess I got to learn about the Book of Mormon or oh something. God. You know? <laughs> we are so often. Like, what? But okay. So anyways, yes, yes, yes. But that like high school, I remember they tried to hook me up with like boyfriends and stuff. And I was like, what am I even doing here? Like, who am I? How do you think growing up there affected your ability to recognize that you were queer? I wasn't even that far. I was still trying to figure out me as like a black person, right? Because I grew up in my real community where I'm surrounded by like all these black people. And then once I go to high school, like there's like all these white people and I'm trying Mm. to figure out like quote unquote code switching Mm. and like (laughs) who, who, who am I? What do I do? Like, do I like Paramore? Which I feel like all black people like Paramore. You know, do I like Paramore? But then, like, do I like freaking Boosie? That's the only person I can think of right now. <laughs> but, you know, and so I just was trying to figure out really who I was as a person in high school, mm-hmm. which is very depressive for me. So at what point did you come out? I was out it in high school, which made it worse. I remember. This was after I left. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it was junior year. So I was in physics (laughs) at like 10 a.m. And I remember coming out of my class and this girl who had liked me, she was a sophomore. um, She had been trying to ask me to be her girlfriend. And I remember it was over Christmas break. And I was like, no, girl, like, I don't even like girls. Be for real, please. No. And I was so serious. I so meant it, too, that I just was like, "Mm, nah. So I remember seeing her in the hallway and I felt bad that I had rejected her. (laughs) And I don't know why I felt bad, but I did. So I gave her a kiss. And In the hallway? Yeah. Like, very, like, come here. I was gay, bitch. <laughs> this is toxic. Yeah, it was even toxicity. I was headed down toxic lane one way. <laughs> and I gave her a kiss and I remember she was so excited. And I don't think it really made me feel any way. It was the after effect, right? She ended up dating this other girl. And I was kind of like, wait, hold on, bitch. Uh-uh. Like, you were supposed to like me. So, okay, wait, why am I having these feelings about this girl? Oh, my God. Like, whoa. Like, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. Like, oh, shit. I think I mm. like women. Mm. And, like, I, like, denied it and denied it and denied it for forever and ever and ever. And, um, you know, you slowly begin to accept things and... This girl found out that we kissed and she told me word for word. I still remember this conversation because it's traumatic, right? I remember her telling me, looking me dead ass in my eyes and saying, well, I just don't understand why you're trying to keep it a secret. And I'm going to tell everybody because it needs to be known. Fuck. For what, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> why does it need to be known? And who are you to take away my inner peace like that? Mm-hmm. And not even my inner peace, because it's really my inner struggle. My inner, like, I'm going through it. Every night, I'm over here thinking, like, I'm not supposed to be this way. Every night, I am, like, crying my ass to bed mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what my life and what my future and what having kids and all of this stuff is going to look like. And you're over here telling me that... Everyone needs to know. Yeah. You're outlandish. Yeah. Like you're out of pocket. It's there are okay. so many words I have for you, and I don't even know the words because, like, you're wild. Do you think your struggle was based in faith? Was it based in your family? Where did the. All of the above. 
right? Because like in the black community being gay was not popular at all. I mean, it's still not, it's a little bit more accepted um, just because of where today's world is. But back then, definitely not. Early 2000s, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, definitely not accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, my family is like, grew up in the church, right? So like, my grandfather is a deacon in South Carolina. My great grandmother was like, the Sunday school teacher and the vacation Bible school teacher. And, oh, yeah. you know, we went to church every single Sunday. I was over the praise dance team, like very involved in the church. I remember I used to like, grease my grandmother's scalp and like, read the Bible, which was enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, that's what I remember coming up. That aspect of my family, I didn't know what to say. Um, and it's never really like my family spoke negative of gay. Mm. They never really said anything bad. They only were just kind of like, oh, well, like they're gay. I don't really know why, but they are. How did your mom take it at first? Oh, well, I was outed to my mom. I got outed three times. Oh, my you, God. Bitch, you thought the first one was enough. Story number two. All right. Me and my mom are sitting in the living room. I'm coming back from Christmas break. I'm at home from college watching Netflix. I'm scrolling. My mom sits on the couch behind me and I'm sitting on the floor. And so she's like right behind me Uh where this plant is. (laughs) And so I remember scrolling. And do you know how Netflix has the categories? So like black collection, um, LGBTQ, I don't know, Mother's Day, whatever. Yeah. So I'm scrolling down and I get to LGBTQ and it I feel my face sweat because right, like anytime the LGBTQ comes up, I'm like <laughs> like hyperventilating on the inside. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like ah. so I remember getting there and my mom says, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I could have died. <laughs> like, my soul came out of my body and jumped back in. <laughs> okay? I'm sweating so, right now. Yeah, I'm talking about like bullets, invisible bullets, but bullets. <laughs> and so, like, she says, stop. And I go, why? Because who wants to watch this? And like, voice quivering. I'm like, you want to watch this? She was like, um, so Sam talked to me and I was like, about? And she was like, she said that you like to watch shows that are like this. And I was like, like what? (laughs) This is an interesting approach. Interesting. (laughs) And I was like, you mean like gay? And she was like, yeah. And I think that, honey, do you, do you like? like women and bawling immediately, Aww. like crying, tears, tears, tears. And I remember her, look, at, I don't want to cry. Aww. I remember her giving me a hug. <laughs> I know. And it's like so special, right? Because like, you're so nervous your entire life about coming out. And about, like, sharing these moments. And, like, for your parents to give you a hug and comfort you. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, like, one of the best things because you're already broken inside because you've been living this double life. And, like, the moment that she brought me in and she was like, 
it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I still love you. I will, like, I will never not love you. You're my kid. She was like, I just don't understand right now. And so, like, I need to gain understanding. And it's so cool because I like have this dope ass mom. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't even know she was that dope. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't even know that she was that cool. And so it was just, it was a moment of relief for me. And it's like, I was almost so happy to be out it because I wasn't, I don't know how I was going to do that myself. Right. And so when I told her, we had a long conversation, you know, she asked me the questions. Well, do you think this is a phase? Do you think that this is a spirit? Do you think that, what do you think this is? And so we had all those different conversations, but the way that she treated it was just so gentle. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember going back to college and like she would check in on me. She was like, so how's that? And I think because I still hadn't fully accepted it myself, I told her it was a phase. Mm, okay. And so she was like, so how's, you know, that going? And uh, you, when you went to college, was it like you came with this gay identity or were you still kind of grappling and trying to figure it out or how well, to tell people? It wasn't even gay. First off, I grew up and went to an all white high school. When I pulled up the Grambling, there were so many black people that I was shook. Mm. It was more so trying to find my black ass self. Wow. I think I was trying to find my black identity because right. Like you grow up with, in. And not even just like in Texas, but you grow up like as a black person where like so many different stereotypes are pushed about black people down your throat, Mm -hmm. especially when you grow up in more so like an all white community. And so when I get to Grambling, there are so many black people. I'm just like, everybody here look like me. Where did you go to school? Grambling State, an HBCU in Louisiana. So a historically black college and university. Mm. And this feels like one big family reunion and like it it was it was welcoming it was homey but it was also me realizing that there are so many different type of types of black people like there's queer black people there's there's nerdy black people there's black people that are like popular black girls there are black people that like want to go study physics and learn different languages like mm-hmm. there's eclectic there's artistic like so many different layers of black people that just like break all of these different ceilings and all of these different stereotypes that you're forced to believe by media and all of these you know um different views that are shoved down your throat for mm-hmm. your whole life and i'm sure growing up in an all-white community right, too. right right because they they stick you in one box right right and so when i when i finally got to school and i got to college i was like oh this is dope like th- there's so many of you there i met a black girl from alaska <laughs> like <laughs> wow i was like girl like what is your alaskan ass doing down in the humidity of louisiana <laughs> You know, like so and then like black friends from Canada or New York or, you know, learning about Afro Latinas and so many different just views. So when I got there, it was very they called me Oreo, first of all, my cheer team called me Oreo. And then over the years, I started to realize that people really accepted me for being me. And when I was Mm. finally out there, like people knew I had a girlfriend, people were cool with it. They were 
oh yeah, where are you and your girl at? Where's she at? You know? Mm-hmm. So it was very just like accepting. Every once in a while I would get friends that would be like, why are you gay? Like, come on. Like, mm. come on girl. Like what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But very rarely. But other than that, everybody was like, oh, you have a girlfriend. Okay, cool. Going to college had to feel so <laughs> liberating. Yeah. yeah. Finally. Like you finally get to be out. You find your community and you meet Vicky, your current girlfriend, who's been your girlfriend for six years. How was it bringing Vicky home? My family was probably like, okay, you're gay. Damn. And she white. <laughs> <laughs> That's so effed up. But okay. Looking from their point of view, they were probably just like, what the hell? Like, this girl has surprises. But one time my mom did tell me, she was like, I really never expected you to marry in your race. And I was like, really? Interesting. I think for Vicky, it was probably more of a struggle. because Coming she, into your family. Well, no. The other way around. Got her it. bringing home a black woman. Okay. Right? What because was that like? I feel like when you talk about the South, right? Like, I'm from Texas, but she's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the South, I consider Texas like Southern, but I don't consider it Deep South. Mm. So when you get into Deep South, Vicky is technically where the Deep South begins. Vicky's story is her great-grandparents were affiliated with, you know, like Klan and like mm-hmm. white supremacy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about her great-grandparents and, like, her generations behind her, she had a lot of pressure on her as you date within your race, you date your own kind. Mm -hmm. I remember her telling me one time, like, I feel like I would have gotten kicked out for bringing home a black girl, not for being gay. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the part for me. I don't think I'm going to get kicked out for bringing home a white woman. Right. Because I... It's just like, okay. Mm -hmm. But for her, it was like a, girl, you black. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, dating Vicky has been a time. It's been fun. We've had our race talks. We've had our conversations. We've had to do the breakdowns of, okay, well, this is this and this is that. And when we even talk about her grandparents, Mm -hmm. right? Like as far as the white supremacy and things like that, you can accept your grandparents for being racist, but I can't. And I feel like that's where so many conversations go left when it comes down to racism, because you have white people who are like, well, these are my grandparents. They're great. Like, mm. they weren't great to you. You're so right. But your grandparents are still kind of fucked in this way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, fuck your fuck your grandparents. Mm-hmm. But me and Vicky, our relationship, it's fun. It's so great that you guys can have those conversations. And now it sounds like you're at a good place with your families. I just met her family last Thanksgiving for the first time. Oh, my God. And when we drove down, we drove down to Shudrant, Louisiana, which is like in the boonies, girl. Like, that dog, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's giving country. Um, But her family is so nice because they are so country. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But at the same time, driving down there, did I see, like, the rebel flag? Yes. Like, headed to her people's homes and Mm -hmm. stuff not on their property but like I saw it as we were driving down but it's kind of just so normalized when you like you expect it right like you know and 
when I go to other areas and I tell people my experiences, it's kind of like you don't realize how crazy they are until like you get other people's faces and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't know that was. Wow. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> Oops. That's heavy, though. What are some of the challenges that you and Vicky have faced being in a gay and interracial relationship? Um, I remember the first time that I told people I was dating Vicky. They asked me if I was worried that she was going to call me the N-word when she got mad. Oh, wow. And I just kind of looked at it and I was like, you don't think that I had those conversations already? Mm. Right? Because in a, I feel like when you get in an interracial relationship, there are certain like checks that you have to do. Mm. And um, there are certain conversations that you need to have, right? Because like I'm dating a white woman. I need to know, do black lives matter to you? Mm. Like, how do you feel about this? Um, And so that was a challenge for me because it was more so for my peers. And when they asked me that, I was like, what do you mean? Is she going to call me the N-word? Like, how ignorant is that of you to ask me if, bitch, can you ask me if I'm happy? Mm. (laughs) Like, can you ask me how are things going? Yeah, but no, I mean, we've, we've faced challenges. We've gotten through things. I remember one time. She was at Grambling, and now that we've graduated years ago. I yes, mean, because Vicky went to the same school. Yeah, she went to the same to. school as me. Yeah, so we met at Grambling, but we didn't start dating until after college. She played softball there. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people at Grambling knew her as the white girl Vicky. <laughs> white girl Vicky. White girl Vicky. That's how she was saved in my phone. <laughs> With a snowman. Oh my God. I don't know why I put the snowman there. That is kind of, that's kind of microaggressive. Oops. <laughs> but it was funny. <laughs> So <laughs> anyways, I remember when we were on campus, uh, she was actually there for homecoming. I didn't, I didn't drive in until later. And she was like driving while well, she was riding her bike on campus. And this black man walks up to her and just like, who is this white girl? Why is she on campus? Who is this? And da, da, da. she was like, first off, who are you? Cause Vicky, she can kind of get a smart mouth sometimes. She's like, who are you? And he's like, who are you on the phone with? And she was like, my girlfriend. And she said, as soon as he saw that I was black, like his whole personality changed. Like, oh, wow. oh, you know, kind of being a little bit more accepting and open to her. And so she has to go through certain things that I don't have to go through. Mm. But as far as like our interracial relationship challenges, I do feel like people accept me more like white people accept me more because I date a white woman. Mm. Like oh. I kind of almost feel like it makes my gayness a little bit less like threatening mm. because like I'm already black and then I'm gay and then like you see me <laughs> and but then you find out I'm dating a white woman and it makes it a little bit more like oh not as harsh wow. is, is that weird that I mean I don't I even know how to break that I don't even know how to break that down for you maybe the people that get it get it maybe that I mean that's interesting it's just something I don't feel yeah so I don't I don't know but or people are always very shocked that I date a white girl Hmm. They're like, she's white. I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you want her to be pink? <laughs> she does get a little red in the morning. <laughs> so where are you at today with your gayness in the black community and mm-hmm. the white community with Vicky? <clears throat> where are they now? First off, girl, my family loves Vicky. My mom calls Vicky so much. Aww. And I'm like, you could have called my phone. 
Like I'm here. Oh, and like my granny, so happy, though. my grandmother will call Vicky. Oh yeah. No, my family loves her. Like she comes over for holidays. Like she really helps me because to be honest with you, sometimes I, I, I do still struggle with like the spirituality p- portion of it and, um, and being, you know, gay and things like that. And sometimes I feel like because I'm like from the South, I claim by to like make it mm. softer mm-hmm. and, I think that I am content with my life and I think that I am happy where I am. And even though I have struggles, one thing that I do want to push out there is that you can be a Christian and you can be gay. Mm. Like it's not impossible to do both. Mm -hmm. You sometimes just have to relearn the things that were taught to you in a very negative and wrong way. Mm -hmm. Because my God is someone who accepts me for who I am and who loves me and who says you will still be here and you will still make it here and you will still go to heaven and you have a partner and you have a wife and science can give you some kids, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that the way that you live your life is just based on your understanding of how your life is supposed to go. And you have to relearn things that were taught to you in a negative way. And so Vicky really helps me with that. But Mm -hmm. as far as the white community, I love Vicky's country as family. (laughs) They're dope. You guys have what everybody hopes for, you know? Do we? It's just like healthy with good communication and you can talk about anything Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you love each other and that's what matters. Yeah, be blunt. That's all you have to do is be blunt uh, and have the arguments that are necessary to get you to where you need to go to the next level. Mm. Or conversations. Let's call them conversations, right? Because you don't always have to yell and argue. Yeah. Yeah. You can just converse. I like that. Maybe we need to get a couch like this. <laughs> yes. <you> convo couch. <laughs> you need a convo couch. Convo couch. All right, Rika, what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to come out? I don't even know the best advice that I could give to someone except for learning how to accept themselves. I journaled a lot, had a few therapists. And then once you become an adult, baby, and you make your own money, it's up to you. <laughs> like, your life is your life, okay? Like, once you hit 18, you're still not grown because you still probably need some financial support. But once you figure out that budget... <laughs> Your life is your life because I pay my bills. So if I want to be over here with these gay ass bills and I want to live in this gay ass household, I pay for it. You can't tell me that I can't live my gay ass life. I love it. Because I pay these gay ass bills. I love it. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. We play a game. It's okay. called You Haul or You Ghost. Mm-hmm. She shares a dog with her ex. Girl. <laughs> BFFR. You ghost. You ghost. Actually, my ex shares a dog with her ex. And you put up with it? No, I said my ex. (laughs) That's why you broke up? (laughs) No, but after the fact, we're still kind of friends or whatever. Okay. But I was like, damn, girl, that's a lot. You sure you want to do that? I would not be doing that. At all. Yeah. You ghost. Okay. She's a Disney adult. I mean, it's me. You are a Disney adult. <laughs> so are you. Not, <laughs> not like you. Not like there's, me, though. There's levels. There's levels <laughs> to this shit. And Vicky ain't ghosting me yet, so you all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's only given at holidays, Disney. And I 
I literally have a contract with Disney, so like I gotta go there for work. So I mean, once a year, Disney is fine. Five times, five times a year, Rika. That's a Disney adult, girl. It is, for and you work. wear the ears. No, you wear the ears. <laughs> I do wear the Don't ears. Don't you bullshit me? I do wear the ears. I do. You are Disney bounding. I believe in collections. <laughs> I'm coming your eyes. For real? Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Honestly, though, is it really a problem? Disney gives happiness. That's fair. Okay. As long as it's not like overpowering. You all. Yeah. All right. You all. Okay. She needs the air to be at 75 all the time. (sighs) Bitch, that is, Vicky. Sometimes I want to you ghost, but. I'm, You're already I'm, too deep. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you, what, but 75 air, 75 heat. Oh God, heat is unbearable. That's a ghost. Unbearable. 75 air. That's still fucking hot. It's hot, girl. We sleep with it on 72 when she go to bed. I got an app on my phone and I just turn it down. <laughs> I went 69, 69, 69. <laughs> I turn it down when she sleeps. Yeah. And then she'll wake and be like, it's cold. I'm like, that's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, didn't even know. <laughs> All right. So you're you haul, you haul. I guess. You haul with change. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this one. Mm-hmm. She's vegan. <laughs> you ghost because can you cook? You can cook. You know what? I actually feel like true vegans, they probably know how to cook. You, you actually you have, have to, learn. to learn how to cook. Yeah. You have to. You got to learn how to make chickpeas taste like eggs. <laughs> That's a talent. That is talent right there. Chegs. <laughs> that is a talent. <laughs> so you're you hauling? Yeah, I get it. Because I can cook. I can cook. So I don't need you. But but she's not going to eat your food. You're going to cook and then she's not going to eat it. <laughs> Called independence. Go for your damn self. But okay, you haul. You haul? Yeah, why not? I'm shocked. All right. I love that. The world is changing. <laughs> so should we. Her favorite movie is Eat, Pray, Love. I haven't even seen it. I heard it was good, though. Didn't it get like an Oscar nomination or something? I have no idea. Uh, I'm not in it. That's like close to the notebook. <laughs> and I still haven't seen Notebook. Have you seen Notebook? Yeah. Oh, that's long. Yeah. It's given like Titanic. It's given two DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Two sides. Two sides. Flippable. <laughs> so ghost? Uh, yeah. All right. Eat, pray, love. We're not even, you haven't even seen it. No. Nope. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like movies. Ah, girl, you ghost. Epic. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going to toast. Today we're drinking gay water. Yeah. Rico, what do you have to say? Final, final... Final words. I've been drinking this water all morning. I like it. Um, about the water because it's diabetes friendly. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Thanks for bringing me on the show. Thank I can't you. believe that we've been friends this long. Honestly, you're like my longest friend. I, I know you're. Mine. That's crazy, That's right? Crazy. And people probably are like, "Who's this girl walking in this room?" <laughs> Don't worry, I'm here. Been here. Been here through the bang days. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find our guest at The Rika Charleston, the podcast at Made It Out Podcast, and me at Mal Glowicki. 
This episode was produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on solely by lesbians. The best way to support us, a growing podcast, is to write a review on Apple, rate us on Spotify, and share with everyone you've ever come into contact with to help us spread the gay agenda. Today, I swiped on Hinge. There was no one hot at all. So, 